Thanks for listening to Tights and Fights. We always get asked when we're going to have merch available. Well, one way you can help with that is by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. Like this one from Bustamove21. They say, we're a show by fans, for fans, that doesn't dip into the negativity of other shows, and we always find something worth putting over. So, if you want to help us get t-shirts available, go to iTunes and hit all five of them stars. Now let's get to the show. Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Hal and there's Danielle and this guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Wrestling podcast. Wrestling podcast. Wrestling podcast. Wrestling podcast. Wrestling podcast. Mike Al Daniel. Mike Al Daniel. Mike Al Daniel. Juju Julian Burrell. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Tights and Fights, the show that discusses wrestling with the sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. I'm the 62 minute man, Hal Lublin, and I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the woman who holds weekly festivals of friendship, Danielle Radford. Hello. And the cruiser great, Mike Eagle. Hello. Coming up on this week's show, dead-end friendships, Wyatt family feud, understanding misandry, and a lot more. But first, SmackDown's exclusive special, Elimination Chamber, happened this past Sunday. Before we get into some of the specifics, I'll say overall, pretty strong show. Uh, I have some friends who I text about wrestling, and they were like... One or two of them. I'm not going to classify all of them. And I know we're going to talk about <laughs> misandry later, but they were like three women's matches? <laughs> like, what? They were, it was like, what do you think Meltzer will rate them? How many stars will he give them? I was like, they'll all get more stars than Ziggler versus Callisto and Apollo <laughs> Crews. Yeah. Because they're all good. So I really, I love the Elimination Chamber. Like, overall, I thought it was a really strong pay per view and a significant pay per view for women's wrestling, given how involved they were up and down the card and not just. Uh, throwaways, like there were three solid matches. What did you guys think? I went into Elimination Chamber being like, because it's like my least favorite <laughs> pay-per-view of the year, and I think that the Chamber match is the dumbest, and I wasn't expecting uh, anything to happen, and then a bunch of really cool things happened. Yeah. Um, I was very pleasantly surprised. I know, like, I'm always like, it's the road to WrestleMania, that means things are happening, but I never, like, actually expect things to happen. I just, like, hope that they will, or it'll be, like, things that I expect to happen, but I was not expecting Naomi and Bray to go over at all. So that was fantastic. Yeah, two title changes. Naomi winning her match against Alexa Bliss, and then Bray Wyatt pinning AJ Styles to win the WWE title. Mike, how do you feel about Bray winning the championship? Really excited about it. Um, yeah? I feel like I could have been one of those people the next oh, on SmackDown chanting, you deserve it, at him. Mm. I, you know, I feel like him having that kind of prominence... Uh, and storyline is a long time coming. He's a really strong character. I, I think it was really good that he went over, and it was a really great match. You know, I feel like everybody in that match really competed, and everybody looked like they could have won. So, yeah, you know, I was really happy that he came out on top. Uh, Danielle and I were talking about this because we're all friends. You were not here yet, though. Uh, <laughs> he's been so stop and start, and I agree with you. I love the character, Mike. But do you think this, does this heat him up enough? Does it sort of drag the title down, or is it, uh, you know, and we'll talk about some of the developments that came out of that win, but, you know, it just feels a little bit backwards. It feels like they, they there's no way to telegraph it. So, may, And maybe in that way it was a good surprise. I mean, but I think 
he needed uh, the legitimacy of winning the big one. Yep. He's been in so many yeah. feuds where he didn't win the big one. So I really felt like he need he needed this so that now the next time, I mean, who knows how long he's going to hold the belt this time, but the sure. next time he's in a position to challenge for a title, you might actually think he can win. That's true. I think that because of all of the stuff that they've been doing, because the Wyatt family stuff has been, you know, it's been what it's been. Like, the stuff with Orton is like, but, like, it has been interesting, and it's obviously been something that they've been kind of pushing and working towards. I did not expect him to win a title because Bray Wyatt does not win titles. Right. But, um, yeah, no, I don't think it, I, for me, it doesn't bring the title down. It's just one of those things where it's like, look, a dude who has, you know, been doing it and been working at it and who has been great on the mic finally got, like, his shot. And so that just kind of makes me feel all, like, nice inside. And also, I feel like, the way that you're talking about doing it, where they heat a guy up and heat a guy up and heat a guy up and then give yeah. him a title, they just haven't done that, I feel like, in years yeah. on either brand. I feel like that's not that's not really the way that they put titles on people anymore. You don't think, well, Ambrose, you're right. He got heated up. He's just sort of stayed. He's just sort of over. Right. But, you know, at his at his hottest, he didn't get to bout it. His hottest, they had Brock Lesnar squash him. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no, you're right. Yeah, they, boy, you know, they you really, ain't never lied. Yeah, they really, <laughs> like, every, you know, since the 50-50 booking started, it's just, they just put a title on a person whenever they're ready to, you know? Yeah, that's true. Let's jump ahead to SmackDown, where we found out that the number one contender, Randy Orton, refuses to fight his Wyatt family patriarch. Does this up your intrigue for WrestleMania? Let me jump in with my answer, which is no, because I feel like I've seen the storyline of Randy Orton stringing somebody along before he turns on them so many times that this just feels like, pick up this dollar bill. I swear it's not attached to a fishing rod. I swear. This, this one's different than all the other dollar bills. Go get it. Like, do you, do you buy it? Does it really? It'd be interesting if you didn't know the history of There's Randy Orton. There's no poo on this dollar bill. <laughs> It's just a burning bag. You've got to put it out. Lucy Orton with the football. (laughs) Yeah. I'll hold it. I'll keep holding it. I'll keep holding it. But Danielle, do you think that his past history makes that less intriguing as a storyline point? I just, I want to, so many good unexpected things happen this week that I want to keep believing. Like, I want to keep, so I'm letting myself, I know I'm going to, at the end of it, I'm going to be like, oh, God damn it, I got Orton. But like, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, like, so that's. I, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm I'm gonna be the little cute naive bear that I am, and I'm going to choose to believe that this time this is actually leading to something, and it's not just going to be the inevitable swerve that we like. It, it doesn't even can you call it a swerve when you know you're gonna get swerved? Well, is there like a different like a? Sw- but here's like the thing. Name for it? Here's something that maybe does, and I I was sitting here just thinking about my own things while you were talking. I'm sorry. No. Uh, <laughs> no, there was a there was a further development around it. So he relinquishes, uh, for all intents and purposes, he's saying, I'm not going to wrestle you for the title as long as you have it. So he uh, he gives up his title shot, and then Daniel Bryan announces a battle royal for the number one contendership next week on SmackDown. Are you are you interested? Do you think this match is going to become a triple threat? Because to me, the money, the, the, there's money in Wyatt versus Orton, but not at WrestleMania, not yet. Right. Like have have a turn happen there that sets up their match later. What what do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think a, a triple threat makes some sense because and then at that point, okay, so there is a number one contender, so Randy can jump in and say, "Oh, well, I I do want the match <laughs> after all." Uh, Mr. McMahon, <laughs> and then um, and then he can do it under the guise of wanting to make sure that Bray keeps the title. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he just you know oh, he'll take the pinfall, or whatever. And there's a, there's a possibility for a swerve there, and it becomes interesting. So that's a that's a possibility at least. I don't like this battle royal idea though, because mm. 
I don't know. We just did the Royal Rumble for the number one contendership. Right. And that basically got erased. And now we're going to do a less fun Royal Rumble yeah. where everybody starts at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's and, that's maybe a misstep. I, I'm i kind of over triple threats right now. And I think maybe it's just right. because, like, the women's divisions have done them so often. And I'm kind of like, two dudes. Just two. <laughs> like, too, many need, dudes. <laughs> too, too many dudes. Too many dudes. Like, I just don't. I don't need like it's it's fun and I get it and someone gets to sleep while other people are wrestling and that's great but I just I don't <laughs> I'm kind of I, if I if you're gonna do a triple threat I want it to be something that's really special yeah not just like a triple threat for the title which is a thing that we see like all the time right well let's let's stay on the train of championships and contenders because Bray Wyatt was one of three new champions crowned this week so Naomi and Bailey both captured the women's title for their respective brands. Let's stick with SmackDown first. Danielle, starting out with Naomi, uh, how excited were you to see her carry the title to actually win after, what, eight years? Yeah. Given her, I mean, her promos are just, I, like, I I'm just don't, did you, I can't get on board. I saw her on Talking Smack. I did you it was see okay. the SmackDown? Was, her promo on SmackDown this week was great. I think it was the strongest to, that she's ever done it. I think it was the most connected she's ever been. Right. I've always, and I was going to um, I was gonna save, because I wanted to type it on the thingy thing, but I was like, no, we have a whole show. I'll talk about it here. <laughs> but then she did the thing I thought she was going to do, where there is something about having, like, to having mic skills, it's confidence. And when you've been with the company for eight years and they haven't put a title on you except for like way, way back in like the FCW days, you're not necessarily going to have that like, you know, as I call it, not in, it's just, eh, it's, it's whatever. I call it big dick confidence. Just that like, yeah, I'm fucking the shit. I'm that person. Right. And she's not going to have like a lot of confidence if she doesn't feel like the company has confidence in her because of all of the women who have been around who are part of the current roster that have been around as long as Naomi, she's like the only one that's never had a title on the main roster. Everyone else has had a title. Fox held the title. Natalia's held the title. Everyone else has had, held the title that's been there as long as she has but her. So for eight years, you're just watching yourself get like picked over and picked over. And now that she's got a title, you see that confidence in her. She, the, she, right. like, she looked like she was like, yeah, they believe in me and now I believe in me. Yeah, I, I get that. I, but I also think the confidence gets you the title instead of the title getting you the confidence. Oh, but I'm I agree, glad, but yeah. I'm glad that work is better. Her in-ring work is great. Mike, do you think it was the right move to take the title off of Alexa Bliss right now? I don't, you know, I still don't know. It's, it's kind of a head-scratcher to me. Um, I do think Naomi's very deserving, but yeah. I, I really, I look at the lineage of this SmackDown Women's title so far, and it doesn't seem like they really ever leave it on anybody long enough to mm. give it that credibility that it needs, like... You know, and and the Raw women's title, it gets, you know, tossed around, too, as I'm sure we'll, we'll get to. But for yeah. some reason, it seems to have a little bit more legitimacy just because it mostly just goes back and forth between two people. Whereas the SmackDown title is from, from Becky to Alexa now to Naomi. Is it just, has it just been those three that yeah. have had it? Mm -hmm. I don't know. For some reason, it just doesn't seem like... Because it, it's new. It's a new... And, and with the with the Raw Women's title, I think it also has what feels like more legitimacy because we had that thing where it went from Divas title right. to... They, they had the big ceremony. It was mm -hmm. a big shit-ass deal. And all the SmackDown... The, the, the new SmackDown titles... If it's a new title, I think you do have to keep it on someone for a minute because that's do. what gives it legitimacy. It can't. And with right. them, I think they just think we made it. 
two people are fighting for it, it's legitimate because we say it's legitimate. And I don't know if it works that way. I don't think it does. Let me give you another angle on it, though. Could it be that they're building the legitimacy of the division by saying, look, Mickey James, we know, past champion. Nikki Bella was the longest reigning Divas champion. We know she could hold a belt. Natalia as well. So now we've taken uh, three women who had yet to hold a championship in WWE. They, now they've all been champion. So again, you have six women, all of whom credibly could be champion. So, I, think, I think that kind of has the same effect as 50-50 booking, though. It kind of yeah. makes the playing field a little too level. Like, the, And the thing about having the title on one person for a long time is that it makes them look dominant. And if you make somebody look dominant, then when they lose it, it's a big deal. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, well, there, Yeah, there's a reason Michael Jordan was like, Michael Jordan. <laughs> like a, you know, there's a there's a reason, yeah. and then when now someone... the Sonics can win, <laughs> it's your turn, guys. Come on, Peyton. Let's let's jump over to Raw, where uh, Sasha. Nope, sorry, Bailey won the title on Raw after <laughs> losing shit. on a pay per view, <laughs> only to probably lose it at the next pay per view, and then win it on Raw, and then lose it at a pay per view, so she can win it on Raw, so that so that Charlotte can keep her pay per view streak alive. I mean. Uh, look, I'm happy for Bailey, but does this repetitive booking of that division is it is it getting too predictable now? I'm happy. I'm happy for Bailey. I don't. I'm a Bailey doesn't need to be the champion right now. Right. Like I'm. I was okay with keeping it on. If you're gonna do that thing where they played hot potato with it for so long, to have it on Charlotte through WrestleMania. I mean, obviously, I want Sasha Bailey. We all want Sasha Bailey. I we're all. I think, especially me, hoping that this is going to lead to. Um, Sasha turning, but it's like we can do all of that like after WrestleMania. I think it would have maybe been a better move if Bailey didn't get the title until after WrestleMania because we all know she, it does almost feel like they're taking turns, and maybe that's why it was the SmackDown stuff was so nice because I was like, hey, neither of these people's turns, but it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> well, it, it was their turn. <laughs> if we want to talk about story problems, we can talk about the tag team division. Because uh, rounding up all the championship talk, American Alpha, Jason Jordan, and Chad Gable defeated basically every other team in a tag team turmoil match on Sunday. The winning streak continued on Tuesday when they beat the Ascension. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> I love their tag. I love all the personnel in their tag team division. I like that the Vaudevillains got more than thirty seconds in a match. Yeah, I love those guys. Simon is a is a friend, but. Like I like those guys. I like My their gimmick. Hell, I have friends. <laughs> I have some. You've friends. referenced that you have friends like four times during I'm this episode. I'm I just, just want to make sure. I just want to feel love. I'm not okay. <laughs> I am not okay. Is the answer, but um, like the, I just wish, if you want to start a program between the Usos and American Alpha, then have the Ascension win the belts. Then you've got like a ready-made feud. Other than the Usos beat us up, but we still won, so we're mad at them. So America and Alpha comes in. They've got nothing to chase. They just show up. They flop out their big dicks because they got big dick confidence. They got big dick confidence. They got long hair and hair bands around their dicks. Or I guess it's suplex confidence in that in that case. <laughs> they, got, they got that suplex. Confidence. <laughs> they got that suplex confidence. <laughs> and then now they're at the top of a mountain that feels like a speed bump because mm. they didn't have to work for it at all. They didn't have to to climb. And they have so many good people there that for me watching them. They seem ice cold. Maybe somebody else is really excited. Like the Ascension got a pop when they won uh, right before the pay-per-view. American Alpha, like they got 
Yeah, none of that, no, but there's just no reaction. Yeah, like they nothing. won to like to they're, nothing. They're too good to not get anything. That's booking. That's like they are too talented and too charming to be getting friggin' crickets. I I agree. So let let me ask uh, Mike. Let me ask you this question: Can you rebuild this tag division with the teams you have right now, or do you need to bring in a revival to? To, to actually get it kickstarted again, I think you can you can do it with the Usos, and you can just have them cheat hmm. to win the titles in mm-hmm. some really blatant way, and or um, destroy them somehow, like hurt them again, you know. And I think that uh, you know, because I think what the story is here is that they are like American Alpha are the two best wrestlers in the division, sure, and that. The way it's the way it's positioned right now, nobody can beat them through straight up competition. So now it seemed like the Usos, which have nothing to lose at this point, has to just bring up crowbars or something, and mm. you know, and like lawn dart Chad Gable against the production truck or something, <laughs> you know, like and, yeah. and and I think they'll get heat that way, and I think that's the way that they'll end up getting the belts, and and it'll kind of kickstart it that way. I I love heel Usos. I agree. I think yeah. that they could. I think they would be able to do this. I think that you get Naomi's husband and the other one, and you just have them <laughs> <laughs> do, and you just have them uh, continue on because they were on before there was that injury, which everyone was injured, left or right. Um, Jimmy? Jimmy was Jimmy hurt? <laughs> Jimmy J. I just looked at Johnny, Julian. He doesn't know. Johnny, you have to look Josh, it up. We don't know. Yeah, James, Josh, Josh <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like whichever. Yeah. So th- they were that heel run was great. Mm-hmm. Just that stark change and I agree I think that because I think that right now I don't want to bring up nay one more tag team until they know what they're doing with that division or until that it, the division settles down I don't want to bring DIY or Revival in yeah. or anyone else until the division's figured out what it's going to be why so we can just add one more team that I love that ain't doing nothing alright let's move on to <laughs> Raw and uh, what some are calling the greatest non-wrestling segment in the history of the show and what some of us in this room are calling the greatest segment ever on the show, ever, ever, ever. Ever, ever? Festival of friendship between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens. Here's a clip. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, grandmothers and grandfathers, the 61-Minute Man presents to you the greatest extravaganza in WWE history, the WrestleMania of camaraderie-themed celebrations. I present to you... The Festival of Friendship! Oh shit, he's wearing that fucking hat. The US and Universal Champs celebrated their partnership with Art, a magician, and even Gilberg. And it all seemed like it was going great until Owens presented Jericho with a gift of a brand new list. I know it's not much, but it's perfect. A new list! I mean, it's great. I mean, the other list is, is getting beat up and it's, it's getting full. And... How come my name's on this? Oh, shit. Heart break. Oh, my God. So oh, God. There's a six-month build to a program. Oh, my God. (laughs) I mean, this segment was fantastic. I could have gone longer with them as best friends, but, I mean, you... You know what's good? 
Wrestling. Wrestling's really wrestling good. Wrestling is you know really what? good. I'm telling you, and I like that. I like that whole raw. I like just about every like on a, this whole three hour raw. Mm-hmm. I liked almost everything on it. Yeah. yeah. There's really something about when they get in WrestleMania season and and Vince starts whipping those writers in the back of their necks <laughs> yeah. with, with rulers or whatever. You got to go home. You ain't going home. Probably. You gotta write a segment, <laughs> a promo <laughs> for Carmella. <laughs> She's gonna be up in the luxury box with fucking Ellsworth. <laughs> and you're gonna have her eating popcorn. <laughs> I mean, when he pulls that list out and it says the list of kale on oh, the back, beautiful. I got goose. I have the hair on the back of my neck is standing up right now. Like, it was just. It's perfect. And it makes me. I just hope that this is not the best that this rivalry. Like at at any point in any program, you reach like this is the peak. And if you, to me, the best programs, that peak is the blow off match. Right. This is a real high bar to try to hit and exceed. And I know both guys are capable of it. But man, like also Just the, the timing, like everything, every single part of it, like the 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 him pausing yes. to say it, like every single part of that was just so like that's what it looks like when you got two dudes who are just really good and they really care. And I was telling uh, Hal before because I'm also your friend. Yes, Hal. Yes. Um, it's like it, it does feel like you know that the the this is your life segment Jericho has had you know. 15, 20 years to look at that and be like, how can I be better? Mm-hmm. What did we learn from that segment? Yeah. And like he poured it all into this. Um, this is like, it's classic. It's great. Never go away or die or kill anyone, Jericho. Yeah. What, what, oh my God. What, <laughs> what version great of Jericho call. do you want to come back, Mike? Because uh. what is fate? Like he's been <laughs> stupid, arrogant heel. Do you keep that character or does he go right back to calling people jerky and like doing all can, this. Can we do stupid arrogant baby face? Is that, is that possible? That's the question. Is what, is that That's the version you want to see? I, that is what I want to see. I think, stupid yeah. arrogant baby face. I think you can keep him the way that he is now, but yeah. you just like don't have him do heel shit. Um, and yeah, don't have him say dumb shit. <laughs> and the glowing jacket should not come back. No, it should not come the back. Twenty five thousand dollar jacket. I think you got to yeah. save that for you got to <laughs> save that for Finny Finn Finn when he comes back and eventually turns. Okay. Because he had a light up jacket for a while when he was Prince Devitt on the Indies. Oh. And it looks real hot on him. Oh wow. Oh whoa. <laughs> Eyes rolled back in her head a little yeah. bit. There. There's just you know you know that part of his entrance. You know that part. That part. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, part's, that part's very good. Woo. Him, him, I do want to fuck you guys. Oh, AJ, I don't. <laughs> oh, not AJ. Even with this little, even mm. this little man bun on talking smack. AJ, I don't want to fuck. Finn, right. I do. <laughs> but the body control, not interested. Yeah, it's not as it's not as good as it's not as good as AJ's. No one's as good as AJ's. What about James Ellsworth? Into him? Which, what? I don't know. <laughs> you could rest a drink on his chin when you're done. <laughs> She lays down real. Just set it right there. Hold that. Then she puts the drink on his chin. <laughs> and then he gets on the I'm sure that he is loved very well by many, many people. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna face shame that man. You know what? He is married with children. He's doing yeah. very well. He's a very happy man. Bless him. One final segment we're gonna talk about. Samoa Joe sat down to discuss what he did to Seth Rollins. Here's a clip. I am a very dangerous man. Well, Seth Rollins, I guess, would be the perfect example. Seth Rollins would absolutely be a perfect example. Redesign, rebuild, reclaim, re-injure. 
let's be honest, Seth Rollins was the crown jewel of Raw for how many years? And he couldn't last two minutes with me in the ring. Oh, man. It's the second time in as many weeks that Joe has been allowed to deliver great promo work and really, like, I think they've they've built him really, really well. How do you guys feel now? Now we're two weeks in. I know he doesn't have a WrestleMania match, but he's obviously going to start mixing it up maybe with Sami Zayn at Roadblock. Do you feel like good? What? Fast lane. Fast lane, sorry. Yeah. It's fair. There have been something many... with driving. Something with streets. Yeah. yeah parallel parking test <laughs> is coming up on WWE Network. <laughs> Sign up now and use code Safe Driver <laughs> to get your first month free and a quote from AAA Insurance. Uh, do you feel like the the build has been strong for his character? We talked about how he was how he was introduced last week. I I feel like looking at it now. The further away we get. And the more it happens, the more excited I am about how his character is being built up. Do you I mean, guys agree, Mike? I, yeah, I think it's great. I think, you know, they're not only are they bringing him in, casting him strong, making him look strong, they're also having him draw upon his real life frustrations of how long it's taken for him to get into the company. Mm. So he comes across, even when he speaks, is very believable. I, it, start, it just even scared me hearing him talk that shit in my headphones right now. I was like, what is he talking to me? <laughs> what did I do? What did I do? I sit down, interview like that. Where you know that's just that's just going. You know he's really tapping into something. It's not like, you know, a, a, a promo where you memorize some lines. Like he mm. really was drawn upon something. And I think, you know, his his ring work already is super believable. And and they've they've put him right up at the top. And then have those motivations and promos. I think they're doing a great job so far. Yeah, yeah Joe's Joe is great. I he he might not have a match at WrestleMania, but like we know he's going to be involved somehow. Yeah. Um, I am confident that he's going to be involved and they're making him feel important, um, which is, that's all I want. All I wanted, all I want when they bring up my babies, my darlings, my one and onlys from NXT is just make them feel important and not just like another like dude on the roster. And he feels important and he feels different. Mm -hmm. All right. Based on that. So it seems like WWE gets at best 50, 50 with the people they bring up from NXT in terms of building them credibly and sustaining it. Will he be a success story eventually, or is he going to be a Rusev where, like, he's a super talented guy, and he was super hot when they brought him in, went on a, a gigantic win streak. When he finally got to, to talk on the mic, Rusev was fantastic. But now, where is he? He is nowhere to be found. And part of that is the heat with, with Lana, maybe, but if the rumor and innuendo are to be believed. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. all We all probably believe it a little bit, mm. but... You know, is that what's going to happen with Samoa Joe, where he comes out and he's sort of pushed to the moon and then disappears? Do, are you afraid of that? I am terrified of that. But I'm, like I said, I'm always terrified whenever one of the NXT people comes up. Um, that's why when Finn came up and he was treated credibly and like a threat immediately, I was like, this is great. This can't last. And then he died. So. <laughs> R.I.P. He did have a lovely Valentine's Day with Seth Rollins, He though. did. It was nice. And with their buddy, uh, the, the poster of Triple H yeah. in the middle. The game, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So that's I'm. That's always my fear is that they're gonna wind up messing this up. Right now they're doing great, and again I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a naive little bear, and I'm gonna uh, continue <laughs> hoping that it's gonna work. Yeah. Uh, the entire time. I mean, if you look back at Rusev, Rusev's push was going great until he ran into Mount Cena. Um, okay. And so since Cena's on another show, that's a that's already uh, you know a positive mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Joe. Now if he runs into Mount Roman. We might have an issue, but you know, hopefully Roman will be 
kept busy other ways for a while, so that didn't have to happen. That's true. And you already put him over once. Yeah. So there you go. Every week, there's always tons of wrestling to get through. If we missed anything, start the conversation at facebook.com slash groups slash tights fights or hit us up at tights fights on Twitter. When we come back, the Nation of Conversation introduces a brand new segment. So don't go away. You downloaded it. You can't change channels. This is Tights and Fights. Are you sad and confused about world politics? Worried about the upcoming inevitable nuclear war? Or maybe a rat is living in your house? There's a rat living in my house. How do you get rid of a rat from a house? Why not immerse yourself in a completely fictional, imagined podcast for the beef and dairy industries? It works for me. The Beef and Dairy Network podcast is the number one podcast for those involved, or just interested, in the production of beef animals and dairy herds. Don't worry, it's funnier than it sounds. Find us at beefanddairynetwork.com or maximumfun.org, or wherever you get your podcast from. Oh god, there's the rat! Oh god! I'm Danielle Radford, and I'm joined in the booth by... Hal Lublin. And... Mike Eagle. How's that feel, Hal? I like it. Does it feel weird? Oh, it's so relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to look at Julian's hands through the window or anything. I'm going to put a hammock up and enjoy this segment. Is that nice? Do you guys feel weird, audience? Huh? (laughs) Mommy, Daddy switch spots? Do you feel weird? I feel like I'm at home. There you go. (laughs) I like it. So uh, quality women matches are now as stable as WWE programming, as we spoke about earlier. But we can all remember when that was not the case. There was a time when the women were divas and the divas were naked. So now we're going to take a look at the most ridiculous gimmick divas matches. And then we are going to recast these matches to see what they would look like with male wrestlers. This is Misandry Corner. Misandry Corner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I can't even add anything to that. It was perfect. makes me so happy. Perfect. He's a pro. (laughs) He's so good at this. You should make music for a living. Um, First up on Misandry Corner, we're going to take a look at the Wet and Wild match from Raw on June 12th, 2006 with Tori Wilson versus Candice Michelle. Lillian, go on and break the rules of the match down for us, girl. The following is the first ever Wet and Wild Water Contest. Now in the ring, there's water balloons, there's water guns, and there's buckets of water. Everything is legal in this match, but the only way to win is by pinfall or submission. So, uh, that's that. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes, you can. <laughs> you sure can, bud. Did, did you just say that that was on Raw? This is on Raw. This oh was a Raw match. They showed this on free television. They showed this on free. This isn't even the worst thing they've shown on free television. I've got, oh I've got buckets of worse ones. But I was like, let's start, let's start nice and easy. Yeah, we're gonna do gosh. a little, we're gonna, we're gonna do a little Ike and Tina. We start easy, and then later on down the line, if the segment keeps going, we'll we'll make it rough. Um, <laughs> so for those of you who maybe who, uh, if you want to go back and watch the match. <laughs> Don't do it at work. But <laughs> so the matches, they're obviously in like shorty shorts and like white tank tops. And they um, they just want to get each other wet um, until someone pins someone. Uh, and that's how the match goes. So, guys, you uh, got to watch or rewatch this because uh-huh. we were going to do this for the segment. What were your what were your impressions of this match? Why does Tori Wilson halfway through it be like, I'm. I forget what she did, threw her into the corner or something. She's like, 
Now I'm gonna almost show you my beehole as she hikes up her shorts. <laughs> like, it, look, I get, I get. This is all <laughs> like the attitude era led to this, and I, I'm sure there's plenty that we'll explore there. But it's 2006, and it's like. At, at a certain point, Kenneth Michelle breaks a balloon. She's like, look at my wet titties. Like, <laughs> but doesn't break it over the shirt. So it's really like, it's just, <laughs> what? <laughs> Why? Like, just, I, <sighs> Mike? This is, all I can think about when I was watching this match is that this is the type of shit what makes my wife not let me show my kid wrestling. Because this is what yeah. she thinks about. Uh, yeah. She thinks about dumb shit like this. Yeah. yeah. No, that's what it was. And while they're doing it, so the entire thing is like wet and it's covered in like tarp and they've got buckets they're throwing on each other. It's all very stupid. They're trying to still have a wrestling match. Obviously, neither one of these women are, are really known for wrestling, but they also have to be really ginger when they do it so they don't die. Candice Michelle is actually wearing like wrestling shoes, which go ahead, girl. That's fine. Um, <laughs> at, at one point, she, uh, Tori like goes to whip her into the corner and instead of like, you know, doing that thing where you like run and like fall into the corner, she kind of very gingerly clops over to the corner. She like high steps it. (laughs) So she doesn't die. Um, And of course you get all of the great um, puppies references. My favorite thing of this era was always um, the way that JR would pretend like he didn't get what King was saying. That's always been one of those highlights. Like if King would say something like, it's her puppies and she's actually carrying a puppy and he'll be like, oh, you mean the you mean the dog that she's carrying? Talk about that little dog she got under her arm. <laughs> Clearly, like Lawler, I mean, <laughs> he's wife shopping. Certainly, right? there's at least pre cum in his pants by the end of this match. Yeah, he has like, how he calls raging it. erection the entire <laughs> he's just time. Like, slow, he's like, can I rub it with my crown? And, oh my and Jim won't he's notice. He's about to knock the entire table over <laughs> yeah. from underneath. How did he wait until just recently to have that heart attack? Like, how was it not during <laughs> any of the Sables matches? So, now we're going to do the, we've covered the misogyny. So now I want to talk a little bit about uh, the misandry. Mm-hmm. I want to flip it. Who, what two male wrestlers would you put in a now a wet and wild match? A- any era or? Any era. Oh, man. I think you got to go, uh, what, Bastion Booger? I, I thought about Bastion Booger, too. <laughs> and uh, The Undertaker. No, I'm thinking. I'm thinking like maybe like a Big Daddy V. You know what I mean? Let's get it. Let's get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're gonna get that gaze. Let's get that gaze. Get it. You know what I mean? That's true. Let's let's get like eight boobs. You know what I mean? Like all the way down. They didn't even have abs. They were so big they was boobs. Let's get the teats. Let's get them teats going. They were like the guy in Return of the Jedi who had like that guy's got eight tits. For sure he does. I can tell. He's real. Malakili, I think it's Malakili, the ranker keeper, has multiple titties. <laughs> or maybe it's a woman in Java. Who knows? You know what? Gender's fluid on Tatooine. That's, That's true. Right. Gender is fluid that across the be, universe. That would be a good match because Batch and Booger flopped. Like, it was basically just a big fat guy wrapped in some, <laughs> and maybe some bandages. <laughs> Poor Mike Shaw. He was also he was also Friar Ferguson. Yeah, he was Friar yeah. Ferguson. Oh, he had another I one too. Oh, about Friar yeah. Ferguson. Yeah. yeah, which is fair. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Who would you? I would do. I think I want to see the Undertaker in a match like that. <laughs> you know what? Why not make it the blow off to an Undertaker Kane feud? Oh my go. God, that's great! Because how else are you going to put Kane's fire out but yeah. with water? And if he wins, he can t- he can uh, set the ring ring post on fire and dry off afterwards. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, do they wear all white? Is that also what you're picturing? Yeah, there are white versions, white. but like the, the 1998 K where it's like a full body suit and then one arm is free, but it's all white. <laughs> and then the Undertaker's in a white, uh, is it his white American badass gear? I just love the, I love the visual of Kane. Doing the Candice Michelle, just <laughs> the balloon, yeah. over rubbing it over his torso. Yeah. Undertaker yeah. flossing his ass in front of everybody, <laughs> pulling his tights up. After he rides down, instead of a motorcycle, he's on one of those giant wheeled beach tricycles he can ride under the water. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> would you put in it? I I kind of I was thinking about it, and um, I think maybe that should be the blow off to this best friends feud. Uh, is you just have uh, uh, Owens and Jericho? There's no other way. Because in the same way that this um, the Wet and Wild match wasn't for anything, it was for like the, the winner. And I don't think they even called it a match. I think they called it a contest. Yeah. To like because they knew which is that was nice. <laughs> they was like, no, we're not calling this a match. So it was to get on like the cover of like their summer edition or whatever. So in that. <laughs> same way you could have Jericho and Kevin Owens fight for the one true list <laughs> but you do it with a bunch of like water balloons and like super soakers you could have you would have him go it's the water of Jericho drink it in baby oh <laughs> uh, so that <laughs> Oh, that's fantastic. So that's what I that's that's what I think that I want. Yeah. You'd have to be able to see the outlines of Peen. Oh no, that's the whole that's point. That's the only if, way. If like, we're doing no. no, if we're doing this, if yeah. we're doing a gender swapped version, the whole point of it does have to be But it is is a is a is a the outline of a flaccid penis, is that is that appealing to you really? <laughs> that's a good oh, it question. Be, it same question. It couldn't be flaccid in the same way now, that if wait it were. Wait a minute. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, Tori definitely had. She did something. They kept grabbing their titties when they thought no one was looking. They were clearly trying to make their nipples hard because the whole point is so, wet shirt, hard nips. So Kane's got to be in it, or or Owens in this case yeah. got to yeah. be. He's got to be in his pants, making <laughs> it happen. <laughs> like you know what I mean. I guess you just got to keep it at a chub the whole time. <laughs> you have to stuff it, maybe. Stuff it. You got to see the outline. <laughs> Uh, oh gosh, how would you how would you do you that for thought this through it I all. have it because now I have to because now I'm like well I don't want them I don't want them touching themselves during the match. <laughs> oh I'll give the men I'll give the men the dignity that they won't give us no you know what let them have boners and then do have them look like the ballerinos in Top Secret where they've got giant boners <laughs> that the ballerinas are dancing and standing on <laughs> boy are my references too that's far out a, there for anybody listening that's you got bad. it you were there I was there you were there come on oh jeez so. Um, so that's going to bring us to the end. <laughs> so we ended on boners. I always that's feel great. like this segment Yay. is always going to end on boners, you guys. Um, so what misogyny and what what great uh, misogynistic matches would you like us to talk about here? And uh, what misandry would you like to see in wrestling's past or present? Let us know at facebook.com slash groups slash tights fights or at tights fights on Twitter. When we come back, We'll share three things with you that have nothing to do with misandry and everything to do with fun. That's coming up on Tights and Fights. My name is Patrick. My name is Parker. Max FunCon has been a huge inspiration in my life. And now I have this network of friends that I've made that span literally across the entire globe, and they're some of my favorite people in the world. I truly cannot believe the amount of wonderful and lasting friendships that have come out of this. If you feel like you might not fit in, as long as you're a good person, you'll fit in because everyone there 
is good and amazing and kind and wonderful, and you should absolutely go. It will be the best decision of your life. Make a ton of new friends like Parker and Patrick at MaxFunCon. Tickets for MaxFunCon and MaxFunCon East are on sale now at MaxFunCon.com. Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Lublin, and I'm joined today by... Danielle Redford. And... Michael Eagle. Every week we like to end the show by sharing some of the joy of pro wrestling with you. This is the Three Count. And you're going to count to three, and then you're going to wreck that bell. <laughs> Danielle, you're up first. What do you want to put over? I am putting over a new segment that is on... Um, so the Bella twins... Um, obviously Nikki Bella has been inspired by John's foray into everything else. So now her and Brie, who's no longer on TV all the time, except for on like Toad Steve's, they have their own YouTube channel and they've started doing this thing on their YouTube that originated on, I believe it was Toad's Bells or Toad Steve's where, uh, Daniel Bryan, cause he ain't shit, puts twin against twin to see who's smarter because he knows ah. that, that neither of them is, is smarter. Cause they'll book have smart, like book smart, book smart. <laughs> they are two Jessica Simpsons, and it's pretty great. Because um, they often have segments where they'll open the, the show or they'll close the show with the two of them in, like, a car debating things that are fairly common knowledge for a sixth grader. And so um, they've now put that onto YouTube, and it's very, very funny, and the women are obviously in on the act. Um, so that's what I'm putting over, and here's a clip. How do you spell hyperbole? <laughs> H Y E E R B A. God damn it. L A B L Y. What? Hyperbole? Yes. There's so many extra H-Y- letters. H Y. P E R. Hyperbole. B O L E. L E. No. Whoa! Right? Yes! <laughs> Very good. Yes! That means I got a right? No, you did not. Oh! Uh. <laughs> the whole segment is great. Um, it's them. Can both of them? I think have confused hyperbole with hypothermia. Oh and so God. when he asks them what hyperbole means, they keep talking about like, you know when like water's too cold? So um, it's worth watching. And every <laughs> episode is worth watching. And if you're missing your Toad Steve's, um, your, your Toad Steve's fix like I am right now, uh-huh. then this is a really good way to fill it. And there's three episodes. So Why'd you want to have children with somebody you think is dumb? <laughs> I, that is a very fair question. Why would you want to have, because he's not just saying that Nikki is dumb, which is a thing he says often or at least implies. He's also saying his wife is dumb. Yes. You know what? There are a lot of different kinds of dumb and smart. I will say it takes a lot of bravery. They come across as stone-cold dopes. <laughs> like stone-cold, stupid dopes. Which I don't think... I mean, they have obviously some intelligence about them, but none. Like it just feels like it wasn't gained. Like, they went to Arizona State, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they majored. They majored in keg stands, <laughs> guaranteed. It just, you know, it's it's very obvious that in their household they were athletes, and it was okay to just be that. Yeah, 
I wish it was longer than five minutes or however long it is. It needs to be at least a 45-minute show, <laughs> and I need 10 of them now. I would watch that. I would watch a full season of Bella Brains. Yeah. The, why don't they put it in place of that weird part in the interruption thing that they dropped after an episode because <laughs> nobody wanted to do it anymore? Whack. My what God. was that one called? Two Bring wrestlers it. yell at a mark? Yeah. <laughs> Because call, call your fans assholes. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, what do you want to put over? I want to put over um, a mighty, mighty return that happened on uh, Raw this week mm-hmm. during the aforementioned Festival of Friends. Um, I'll say no more. Let's just play that clip. Let's hear it. I love Gilbert. <laughs> I love Gilbert in the 90s because mm-hmm. uh, I was always just super WWF guy no matter what. I was always team WWF. So the first time I saw Gilbert, I, I fell out of my chair laughing. Yeah. <laughs> and he looks exactly the same. He does. And I, I just love, he comes out with sparklers <laughs> instead of the pyro. Yeah, fire extinguisher. Oh, it's so good. God. <laughs> and, and, and think about this, guys. I think there's a spot on the WrestleMania pre-show for Gilbert versus Ellsworth. I, think I would watch that. I think that. there is. I would watch that. I that's think a this has to happen. great cross-brand match. Yeah. We got to do that. Oh, man. He's a former champion, guys. Gilbert. He's a light heavyweight champion. He was a light heavyweight champion. Yeah. He lost it to... Uh, Michinoku. Yep. He held it before Michinoku. So there you go. Hopefully he'll start a new streak. (laughs) Who's next, Gilbert? (laughs) 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 I want to put over something from Talking Smack. Um, A top three heel. There's so many great heels right now. Like you talk about heel face dynamics being off. Way more great heels than great baby faces, which we can talk about uh, next week maybe. Uh, but one of the best heels is my girl, Alexa Bliss, who I hope her last name Coffin means she's Jewish because I like to think that there are other Jewish people in wrestling outside <laughs> of me hosting a podcast and a few other folks. Goldberg. Goldberg. Simon Gotch. Gilbert. Heyman. Heyman. There are a few. A few. Not enough to make a minion. I don't think we could have a full like uh, Shabbat service. But <laughs> no. Alexa Bliss, uh, af- fresh from her loss... Elimination Chamber was on Talking Smack Tuesday night. Uh, She had this to say about Naomi. If she's trying to postpone our rematch for an injury, I'm going to make sure that that injury is legit. And you know what? She can come to WrestleMania still, but I'll be the generous one. I'll I'll buy her her ticket so she can still see the match, sit with her family, and then she gets to see what a real champion looks like. I mean, you know, I think we've been able to have... You know what? There are... Sometimes where where a wrestler emerges, and from the first couple months in a company, you go, that person's somebody special, and she is somebody super special. True story. She does it in the ring, out of the ring. She's Savage. ready to go. That was such a good promo. Yeah. Oh, that was great. Oh, She's fantastic. That was that was just the goods. That was the goods. Oh man. Uh, let me. Can I? I'm going to put over one extra thing uh, that I have permission from from Julian for. Uh, which is this weekend, this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the 17th, 18th, and 19th of February, I will be in Pensacola, Florida, uh, as a guest at Pensacon. Why is this relevant to you? Because I am moderating two panels, 
One is Mick Foley, the hardcore legend. The other is Ric Flair, the nature boy. So I will be moderating a Q&A with both of those wrestlers and trying to be all cool about it while I'm sweating out of places I didn't know I could sweat. <laughs> I'm so nervous and excited to be next to two of the greatest wrestlers of all time. And also in Florida. And also in Florida. It's just <laughs> hot there, guys. It's the humidity that really does it. Even when it's 50, you'll sweat. Maybe you should bring some water balloons. It's water oh, balloons. oh, yeah. I'm going to bring those water balloons. <laughs> I'm going to pop them on my tits. <laughs> God. And then I'm going to throw up my shot after my ass crack so you can see my full cheeks. So you can go to pensacon.com, B-E-N-S-A-C-O-N dot C-O-M for more info and tickets. You can walk up and get tickets. Uh, come hang out, and we'll talk some wrestling. There are going to be a bunch of wrestling people there. You won't want to miss it. But that does it. For Tights and Fights this week, we are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. Our hosts are Daniel Radford and Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal Lublin. Our producer is podcasting's best-kept secret, Julian Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights and at tightsfights on Twitter. And if you love the show... Remember to hit those five stars on iTunes and share us with all your friends. You know, people were talking about wanting a T-shirt. You want a T-shirt, guys? Reviews is the way to do it. The more reviews we get, the more likely it is we'll be able to unlock some of that merch. Think of it as a stretch goal for you liking us. We'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tice and Bites Podcast. Tice and MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.